Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Natalie Dignam. Today I'm in the studio with Winnie Hamilton. Winnie is the president of the Tilting Expatriates Association, a group of former citizens of Tilting Fogo Island. Since 1983, the association has served as a means of contact between members, worked to preserve the cultural heritage of Tilting, and provided a way to organize charitable assistance to present and former residents of Tilting. The Tilting Expatriates Association publishes a quarterly newsletter and annual magazine. Welcome to the show, Winnie. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, T, Tilting Expatriate Association, we make it smaller to call ourselves T. So TEA, yeah, for T-E-A, people who are listening. Yeah. So it's if you're out around tilting and somebody says, "Oh yeah, that's uh, that's her. She's on T." That's what they mean, Tilting Expatriate Association, right? So T was formed 35 years ago. We just celebrated 35 years as an association and as a group. Uh, about 37 years ago, I would imagine, a group of uh, people from Tilting who were living in St. John's at the time. Uh, somehow even you know we left this little community and came into what was considered to be a big city they would get together and would always be at something that was not a very happy occasion like a funeral for example so a couple of them decided that they needed to have something organized so that we could get together for happy occasions and to celebrate happy times and and keep our friendships and our ties together so they came up with the idea to start tea, and uh, the very first executive was Leo Kinsler was the treasurer, Helen McGettigan was the secretary, Ned Sexton was the vice president, and Mr. Johnny Green was the president. So one of the things I'm wondering, because not every community has something like like an association of people who might not live in the community anymore, live in other parts of Newfoundland. We're a very unique group, and we pride ourselves on that. And, uh, yeah, and it's an amazing thing that it's been on the go now. We've survived for 35 years, and uh, it, it's difficult sometimes to have, to keep it going through the generations, but, like, a lot of those people, some of them have already passed away. Mm-hmm. So when it comes, it comes down to your generation, like, you kind of have to step up and... It's always been done. It's always been a struggle to get people to go on the executive to to be part of the organization and to put the bit of volunteer time into it. But from my perspective, it's an amazing experience. So I've been on the executive for nine years, and it's been the best nine years that yeah, it's been awesome. So I was wondering uh, how many people still live like in the community of tilting, and then how many do you know how many people are still there? Maybe 100 and 150. Mm-hmm. Very small this time of the year. But you go out from June to uh, the end of September and all the old houses are filled up with the expatriates. Oh, okay. So yeah. a lot, do a lot of people come from St. John's and then St. John's the and other, other places, yeah. We all go home in the summertime. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's there that everybody gathers and uh, celebrates. And are, we're at home when we're home. We, we've got an attachment to tilting that I guess for the most of us will never go away. So did you grow up on the island? I grew up in tilting, yeah. I grew up in tilting until I was 17, left home, went off to community college and uh, 
you know, got a job, got met a husband. Actually, I met my husband. He was from Jobet's Arm, which is about five miles away from Tilting. We didn't meet on the island. We met in, in Gander. And uh, I guess that was good for me because then he had interest in going back to Fogo Island also, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we spent all our summers and... So is that your family home that you guys have in Fogo yes, Island? Yes, that's my family home there that yeah. we were all basically born and raised in. And uh, I have still have a brother living out there. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tourist community now. Yeah, in- Fogo Island has really um, become very like known as a place to visit in Newfoundland. Everybody, all my friends want to go to Fogo Island. It's like, okay, I want to go to Fogo Island. And... Uh, and we're proud of Fogo Island as well as we are proud of Tilting. So I guess we should talk about some of your activities as part of the association. Well, our next activity coming up, the one that we're most uh, delighted to be part of, is our event at the Rooms on March the 6th. It's called it's Come Home Cafe. It's been held at the Rooms on March the 6th on a Friday evening. Uh, the rooms have, are putting this off from different communities of the island, and we are totally honoured to be invited to partake in this. It's kind of like a return in spirit to a hometown. It's a mini reunion, a way to share a taste of unique culture of our local community where we grew up. Uh, we, we are going to focus on a St. Patrick's Day event. St. Patrick's Day is a big deal in Tilting. Uh, course we're very Irish community so we will be doing songs stories recitations and we have uh, all of our local people so can anyone go or is this for people who have a connection this is for anybody okay anybody who's interested in our rural communities around Newfoundland who are interested in learning more about our rural communities and uh and getting to enjoy part of our uh, culture that, uh, you know, you don't have to get on the boat and go to Fogo Island to hear it. We're going to be at the rooms on March the 6th. Awesome. And we're looking forward to seeing a lot of people there. So that's at the rooms. Uh, if you want to learn more about that, you can find uh, that event on Facebook or the rooms website. Um, so we should talk about your, your newsletter and your magazine as well, which is really cool. You guys have been publishing this magazine for how long? 35 years. Wow. We have 16 volumes. Every two years we put out a volume. It, we try to do it every year, but it, it's it's difficult because it's quite a process to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we collect stories, poems, articles from expatriates, people who still live in the community, uh, and we compile them into this wonderful magazine. And uh, usually we have it ready every fall in September when we have our Fela Tilting in in the community of Tilting. I will uh, I'll give Fela Tilting a little plug in a minute. Uh, yeah, and uh, anybody who's got any connections to Tilting, if you have a story about Tilting, if you've visited Tilting, and you have a unique experience that you would like to share, and and that you are more than welcome to pass it on to us, and uh, we'd be delighted to. Uh, Put it in our magazines. We're not. We love to hear from other people, their experiences with our community and our people in our community. So I know you wanted to share a poem, and I loved how you described this as kind of uh, like the spirit of what it was like to live in the community of Tilting. Um, this poem by your uncle. Yeah. So, well, it's like I was saying to you earlier, like Tilting is a little community. We grew up in Tilting. 
uh, we had no crime. There was no no locks on the doors. There was no no reason to be afraid of anybody breaking in at night or anything like that. So it was, uh, I guess, in a way, it was very unique because it's not uh, it's not as easy as that for most people anymore. And we still live in a community where, like, there are no keys on our doors. There are no locks. Uh, we have a little tradition in tilting that uh, if you're going out for the afternoon and there's nobody at home, you take your broom and you put it up the front of your door. So that way then if somebody comes along to visit you and the broom is in front of the door, oh, Winnie is not home. So you move on up the road, right? And this poem that my Uncle Frank wrote, uh, it's called The Clerk, The Store Without a Clerk. So Mr. Ron Burke, who uh, had one of the grocery stores in the community back years ago, uh, owned this store, and this is uh, my uncle visiting him for supper. So here's it goes. My wife and I, we took a trip way out there on the coast to the little place where we were born and still we love the most. There's about 100 families, all strong, tough fisher folk, and they're all religious people of which they do not joke. Since we left home, some 20 years has quickly passed away, and my cousin got a general store as modern as today. He is a jolly, jovial chap, full of jokes and fun. The villagers all love him, and they call him Mr. Ron. The building wasn't very large, and Mr. Ron no banker, but the store was stocked with everything from a needle to an anchor. He invited us to supper, just him and his dear wife, we ate and drank and talked about the modern way of life. And as we sat and chatted, a knock came on the door. And Ron called out, Come in, boy, you never knocked before. Twas just one of the neighbours who sought a pound of tea. Ron reached into his pocket and handed him the key, saying, John, if you're no ready cash, the book is on the shelf. Ron turned to me and said, You see, this store, it serves itself. They must be honest people. Are there no shoplifters here? Ron said no by. They're pretty good. Of this I have no fear. A dozen customers or more may drop in now, you see. The last man out, he locks the door and then returns the key. They keep a close check on the kids and the adults help themselves. From the meat down in the freezer to the dry goods on the shelves. They all go to confessions, only moonshine make her jack, and if they steal, they're not absorbed until they pay it back. Anonymous letters come my way, some four or five a year, just money in an envelope, there is no need to fear. This story, boys, is true as light, for I got it all first hand, and the place is Tilting Harbour, Fogo Island, Newfoundland. Now I often sit and think with pride of the folks in my hometown and the general store without a clerk that nowhere else is found. I love that. And it's a true story. <laughs> it was written oh. by my Uncle Frank DeWire, who also wrote the Jobs Arm Longliners. We have many, many interesting and marvellous storytellers and uh, songwriters from Tilting. Uh, we have published authors who are writing their stories about tilting uh i'd like to be able to name them but i'm afraid that if i miss out anybody then it would be an insult to them <laughs> but um, uh, 
Yeah, and it's a, it's a very like uh, unique culture. Everybody is is out there to help themselves. We have shed parties. Okay, so let me go go on to uh, the event that happens in Tilting in September. This year in Oct- in September they celebrated ten years of Fela Tilting. What is Fela Tilting? Fela Tilting. Uh, Fela is of course Gaelic, and it means festivities, festivals. So instead of festival tilting, it's called Fela Tilting because, of course, the Irish is very close to our heart. It begins on on a Thursday evening and ends on Sunday night. Friday night is the big shed crawl. So we have maybe up to 200 people registered to go on the shed crawl. Each shed has entertainment, treats and snacks, and... You go, you spin, we have all have leaders, you go from one shed to the other, and you're partying for three or four hours, and then you meet back at the club and say goodnight, and it's, everybody is going to tilting for the shed crawl in September. So this year it's again in September, uh, we'll let you know dates, I think the dates have been uh, announced, but uh, you can't miss it, it's, it's, uh, and we welcome everybody. So if people are interested in being part of this, um, how can they get that information or connect with you guys? Uh, there is a site uh, called Fela Tilting. You can go on uh, on Facebook and Google in Fela Tilting, mm-hmm. and you'll come up there. They have all the information, the dates and the times and all that stuff. And you can also see it on our own uh, Facebook group called the Tilting Expatriates. Uh, we always have the announcements on there. We basically, we're a community. They, they work on the island, we work off the island, we work together. Uh, during the festival weekend, we do a soup and sandwiches on Saturday at lunchtime. After the shed crawl, everybody needs a bit of pea soup. So we do the soup and sandwiches, and we usually serve up to probably 100 people every on that Saturday, and uh, we have some entertainment there, and it's uh, quite an event. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the shed crawl. The I've shed never crawl. heard of that. It something is the like shed that. crawl. Oh, yes. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's, a, it, I, I call it, it's invented by the tilting people and, uh, you know, and our sheds are very nice sheds. They're not. I know. I'm, I'm going to say, if you're going to have entertainment and snacks in the sheds, like these have to be really good sheds. These are good <laughs> sheds. The boys know what they're doing when they're building their sheds and tilting. Let's put it yeah, that way. Yeah. And I think people, if you're listening to this and you're not from Newfoundland, Newfoundland shed culture is like. Yep. So cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. You just got to Google Newfoundland sheds because yeah. uh, some of them are really decked out. You got a recliner and a TV and darts and oh, yeah. yeah, everything. Well, the mo- our most popular shed in tilting is called the Foley shed. The Foley shed? The Foley shed. And the Foley's uh, are, are my good friends, Maureen and Phil. And they entertain everybody in that shed. And it is a typical Irish pub. It's got, you know, the, the obviously it's not a pub. It's if you go down there and if you have, have a drink in your pocket, you're welcome to drink it. It's no, it's not a bar, right? Yeah. But all the entertainment and uh, everybody, all you got to do is make a little phone call and everybody comes down in. Down to Foley Shed. Come on down to Foley Shed. Shamrock Light is on. So uh, for the magazine, if someone's interested in submitting something to that, what is the process for that? The process for that is you can contact any one of the uh, people on the executive. Uh, you can contact me directly, winnie.hamilton at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
uh, and uh, send me an email and let me know who you are and what you're interested in writing about and uh, I can give you further details. Uh, we are getting uh, articles ready for a magazine to be uh, put out this year so our deadline is the end of April. So if you are interested in writing up a story, a poem, a recitation, please, please, please get in touch with me. Uh, we will be only too happy to uh, accommodate your article in our news magazine. So do you uh, keep these um, journals anywhere? Like does the Munn Library have a copy or the archives or anything, do you know? Uh, not sure if the Munn Library has one, but uh, we, all, we, have, we have a full copy of all the volumes there are 16 volumes this year we'll be doing volume 17 mm-hmm. uh, I know there's one at the library on the uh, at the Fogwall Lane on Fogwall Island and uh, we still have magazines available if anybody's interested in uh, you know taking a look and wanting to purchase one of them they can also contact myself or one of the other members of the executive and uh, yeah and it's uh, it's full of stories and for us it's Part of our way of preserving our culture and our stories, because without those magazines, those stories would be written on a piece of paper in someone's home, and not everybody understands the value of what they're writing mm-hmm. until we put it in those magazines. And 20 years later, like this magazine was published in 1993, the one that I'm holding here, that poem that my uncle wrote, he's long passed away, but that poem still lives. And it still tells a story. And uh, so, like, it's preserving everything that uh, they are writing and, you know, their hard work went into writing it down and our hard work goes into saving it and making sure it's there for our future generations to I mean, I think we say this a lot. The people that that know the most sometimes think it's it's not valuable. Oh, I don't know if that story is true. It's just folklore or... Um, oh, that's just a poem I wrote, but I'm not like a poet or anything. But those things are really valuable for, like you're saying, the the cultural heritage of, yeah. um, you know, the the place that you come from. Each of us have something that is valuable to pass on, even if we don't know we do. I myself don't write stories, but my part of my part of my giving is to be part of the expatriates and to collect the stories and to help preserve them and continue the tradition in that regard but yeah there's a lot of uh, very interesting storytellers and writers and uh, our younger generation are probably not as eager to write their experiences down as the older generation was because the younger generation we have Facebook and we have social media and things are getting passed around in that way but Mm -hmm. what they don't realize is that if it's not been written it's not been saved because you put it on social media today, like, worse it to tomorrow. Yeah, that's very true. And right? I think we have an idea that maybe this will be permanent, but Facebook could just psh, go away. Exactly, <laughs> moment, yeah, so. yeah. But it's not, you know, well, I guess I'm old school. I like picking up a book and reading it and, mm-hmm. and enjoying it. So have a lot of these stories and poems at one time been um, uh, passed on, like, orally, like, told in groups and and things and not been written down? Or some of these things kind of the first time they have been put in print? Uh, some of them have been, you know, recitations that were said at people's houses throughout the years. Uh, and many of it is just stuff that people just sat down and wrote for the magazines. Yeah. 
Because Newfoundland has a very long history of uh, recitations and like oral storytelling. The, yeah, there uh, was a lot of that when I was growing up. I mean, we would sit down in nighttime and, and uh, you know, the, the, our folks would gather in, in the in the kitchens and they would tell their stories and their recitations and, and that was their entertainment. There was, you know, the radio was the radio, but you had to have a good set of batteries to hear that. Yeah. But yeah, that was that was the entertainment and they and their accordions and their guitars and that's how they uh, that's how they they got through their Saturday nights. Mm-hmm. So are those folks like uh, are there stories that you remember from that time like um, that you have had like submitted into the magazine? Uh, oh, I haven't submitted no stories. No, oh, I, no. I I'm not a writer. <laughs> I'm not a writer. I says I'm, I'm a top. A good a audience. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. I'm a good audience. Yeah. Um, but I mean, my like my uncles and my my relatives and and all the men in the community were all good recitation readers like mm-hmm. they were just amazing you sit there and listen to them it was entertaining and they would have it all memorized oh yes definitely all memorized yeah. come to the rooms on march the 6th and you'll find out oh are you guys doing recitations for that as well oh we're going to be having recitations yeah we've got recitations and songs and some of the songs are songs that have been written by people from tilting awesome and that so uh yeah so uh, we have different, uh, yeah, different groups in tilting. I'd like to kind of uh, talk about the other groups. Definitely. Like, we're the tilting expatriates. We're working outside of tilting. We have uh, a group in the community, Tracks. They do a lot for the uh, for the culture and the heritage of tilting. They uh, they do uh, they get grants and they fix up all the old stages. If you go out there, it's it's all the stages have been all upgraded and and preserved the way they were like 100 years ago. So is that something that people can go visit the f- old fishing stages? Yep, yep, you can go on. We have uh, people who do tours around the community and we'll take you around and show you all the all the stages inside and out. And we have little houses with the museums of all the old stuff that used to be there years ago. And Yeah, and uh, of course, Tilting is also, which we're very proud of, Tilting has a provincial uh, heritage designation Plus, it has a federal heritage designation. Oh. So we're very proud of that. You go out and we've got plaques all around the community and we've had mm-hmm. big celebrations over the years on that. And it's amazing. It's, yeah. yeah. It's quite an honor for a little community of uh, of, uh, of tilting and out around the bay and nobody knew it existed. And now we are very popular. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I hope that... Um, everyone listening has learned a bit about tilting. It makes me want to go visit and do the shed crawl, which sounds oh, really fun. You have to do the shed crawl. <laughs> so well, you... we can do a shed crawl anytime if you're not able to make it in <laughs> September, right? Yeah. Uh, so you can find uh, the Tilting Expatriates Association on Facebook. Um, and the same with the event. The Fela Tilting. The Fela Tilting. Yes, that's on Facebook as well. And you can like register for, for tickets and such. Yep. Okay. Perfect. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention that I haven't touched on? So uh, the other members of the executive uh, who are working uh, with me, and uh, we have been working together as a team for the last four years. Uh, Of course, myself, Winnie Hamilton, the president. Pauline Hiles from Tilting Also is our vice president. Loretta Ryan, who is from Tilting Also, is our treasurer. And Elaine Burke from Tilting Also is our secretary. Anyone can become a member of T. All you have to do is pay $10 a year. 
get in touch with any member of the executive and uh, contact us through our web our facebook page if you want uh, and become a member ten dollars will give you uh, a year subscription and it'll entitle you to get a copy of our newsletters we put out a newsletter two, two times a year and that newsletter usually uh, passes on information about our different events and you know we have little poems and stories and articles births and that kind of stuff and uh, you know just tidbits of information that people are interested in hearing about that's, that's what you get that's what you got that's <laughs> it so the magazine you have to pay for separately the magazine you should pay for separately the magazine it's like a subscription yeah the okay. magazine when once we put the magazine on sale uh, yeah you just buy the magazine it's usually 20 bucks and uh, they sell very fast where can you buy them online uh, no we sell them to our group like you have to contact one of us to purchase oh, okay. them. Oh, okay, perfect. Yeah, yeah. All right, so contact uh, the Tilting Expatriates Association if you're interested in purchasing one of the magazines. Uh, when do you guys usually publish? Uh, usually by September, we'll have another by magazine September. published. Yeah. All right, so but we do have uh, past uh, volumes available if anyone is interested in purchasing some of those. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. Oh, you're very welcome, Natalie. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening.